0: Brought to you by PrayLatin.com, makers of prayer cards featuring complete English phonetic renderings of Latin pronunciations. For you today, I have the latest installment of my We Were Warned series, and it focuses on Sister Jeanne de la Royer. She was a nun who had visions of the coming age of peace and the times before the coming age of peace, especially those focusing on the interaction between the church and the secular order, the church and Caesar, as I usually call it. Let's begin with a little bit of background on the nun herself. Jeanne de la Royer was born into a poor family in the little village of Beulot, not far from the Foyers in Brittany, France. From an early age, she discerned a vocation to enter the religious life, and she made the typical physical vows, She and when she did so, she overcame all the opposition of the devil the world and the flesh to remain true to her call she was devoted to her guardian angel and to our lady and was devoted to the blessed sacrament at a particularly young age in her teenage years she lost her father she then planned to live with her mother in order to support her but then her mother soon passed as well and Jean, who was then left destitute had no other wish than to obtain admission into some convent as a servant the better to keep her vows and secure her salvation. She wished to enter the convent of the Urbanists de Foyers, which is a poor clare convent. It appears she was met with some opposition to entering, due to her inability to pay the required dowry, but at last she was admitted as a charitable entrant, and upon taking the vows, she assumed the name of Sister Novativa De, or Sister of the Nativity, as she has become known in English. Sister Jeanne of the Nativity entered with the best will upon all the virtues of her profession and lived a life of penance and mortification, with vigils, fasting, hair cloth, and some physical mortifications forming a part of her, her spiritual regimen. She t- sometimes laid thistles and nettles in her bed. One day she was surprised in the act of sipping gall mixed with others' things equally kind of gross as an act of mortification. She was seen doing this. As her virtues increased, so did other spiritual gifts. She was given the gift of reading hearts. She foretold to several people what would happen to them, and she was granted many visions, including those of the future and even of the Last Judgment. Her visions were written down by her spiritual director, Father Genet, who she told not to release them until the indicated time had come. Now, apparently, she revealed to him when her visions should be released, which was some time after her passing. She died on the Feast of the Assumption in the year 1798, with the crucifix before her, the vows of her profession on her breast and holy water at her side, with which accorded her desire, she was repeatedly sprinkled. She was buried in the cemetery of L'Angelaire, according to her wishes. Father Genet published the first edition of her visions in 1817, under a French title which translates to Life and Revelations of Sister Nativity, Religious Converse at the Convent of the Town Planners at Fougeres, and has gone through several reprints and has been featured in numerous places since then, all over the internet and in various contemporary books on Catholic prophecy. Her visions focused on the fruits of France and her day, remember, she passed in 1798, and the inevitable restoration of the monarchy to her country, and more broadly, of the coming promised age of peace in the Church, which, as you will see, cannot be mistaken for any notions of a secular so-called age of peace like we are told by some of our co-religionists has already come to pass. Sister Jeanne Royer made the following predictions back in the 18th century. Again, here are her visions. I see that the century which begins in 1800 shall not yet be the last. The reign of the man of sin is approaching. The thick vapors which I have seen rising from the earth and obscuring the light of the sun are the false maxims of secular and immoral license, which are confounding all sound principles in spreading everywhere such darkness as to obscure both faith and reason. One day I heard a voice which said, The new law will appear to many other than what it really is. They will bless it as a gift from heaven. Whereas it is in fact sent from hell and permitted by God in his just wrath, it will only be by its effects that people will be led to recognize the dragon who want to destroy all and devour all. One night I saw a number of ecclesiastics. Their haughtiness and air of severity seemed to demand the respect of all. They forced the faithful to follow them, but God commanded me to oppose them. They no longer have the right to speak in my name. Jesus told me it is against my wish that they carry out a mandate for which they are no longer worthy. I saw great power rise up against the church. It plundered, devastated, and threw into confusion and disorder the vine of the Lord, having it trampled under foot by the people and holding it up to ridicule by all nations. Having vilified the priesthood and their clean state, it had the effrontery to take the church's property, to arrogate to itself the powers of the Holy Father, whose person and whose law it held in contempt. I had a vision. Before the Father and the Son both seated, a virgin of incomparable beauty, representing the church, was kneeling. The Holy Ghost spread his shining wings over the Virgin and the two other persons. The wounds of our Lord seemed alive. Leaning on the cross with one hand, he offered to his Father the other hand the chalice which the master held in the middle the father placed one hand up on the on the cup and raised the other to bless the virgin i noticed that the chalice was only half filled with blood and i heard these words spoken by the savior at the moment of the presentation i shall not be fully satisfied until i am able to fill it right up to the brim i understood then that the contents of the chalice represented the blood of the early martyrs and this vision had reference to the last targetings of christians who themselves would fill the chalice, thereby completing the number of martyrs and predestined. For at the end of time there will be as many as in the early church, and even more, for the targetings will be far worse. Then the last judgment will no longer be delayed. I see in God that a long time before the rise of Antichrist, the world will be afflicted with with many conflicts. People will rise against peoples, and nations will rise against nations, sometimes allied, sometimes adversaries, in their fight against the same groups armies will come into frightful collisions and will fill the earth with tumult. These internal and external conflicts will cause enormous sacrifices, profanations, chaos, and infinite evils because of the incursions that will be made into the church. As well as that, I see that the earth will be shaken in different places by frightful earthquakes. I see whole mountains cracking and splitting with a terrible din. Only too happy will be in one who can escape with no more than a fright. But no, I see uh, come out of these gaping mountains whirlwinds of smoke, fire, sulfur, and tar, which reduce to cinders entire towns. All this and a thousand other evils must come before the rise of the man of sin. I saw in the light of the Lord that the faith and our holy religion would become weaker in almost every Christian kingdom. God has permitted that they should be chastised by the wicked in order to awaken them from their apathy. And after the justice of God has been satisfied, he will pour out an abundance of graces on his church, and he will spread the faith and restore the discipline of the church in those countries where it had become tepid and lax. I saw in God that our mother, Holy Church, will spread in many countries and will produce her fruits in abundance to compensate for the outrages she will have suffered from the impiety and the targetings by her enemies. I saw the poor people, weary of the arduous labors and maledictions that God had sent them, shall then be thrilled with the joy that God will infuse in their good hearts. The church will become, by her faith and by her love, more fervent and more flourishing than ever. Our good mother, the church, will witness many amazing things, even on the part of her former targeters, for they will come forward and throw themselves at her feet, acknowledge her, and implore pardon from God and from here for all the evils that they had perpetrated against her. She will no longer regard them as her adversaries, but she will instead welcome them as her own children. Now all the true penitents will flow from all sides to the church, which will receive them into her bosom. The entire community of the faithful will pour out their hearts in hymns of penance and thanksgiving to the glory of God. I see in God a great power led by the Holy Ghost, which will restore order through a second upheaval. I see in God a large assembly of pastors who uphold the rights of the Church and of her head. They will restore the former disciplines. I see in particular two servants of the Lord who will distinguish themselves in this glorious struggle and who, by the grace of the Holy Ghost, will fill with ardent zeal the hearts of this illustrious assembly. All the other theologians and ideas will end. All the other results of France in 1789 will be undone, and the altars of God restored. The former practices will be put into force again, and the Catholic faith, at least in some respects, will flourish more than ever. I see in God that the Church will enjoy a profound peace over a period, which seems to me to be of a fairly long duration. This respite will be the longest of all that will occur between the upheavals from now till the general judgment. The closer we draw to the general judgment, the shorter will be the moves against the church. The kind of peace that will follow each attempt will be shorter also. This is so because we are approaching the end of time, and little time will be left for either the elect to do good or for the wicked to do evil. One day our Lord said to me, A few years before the coming of my enemy, Satan will raise up forerunners of the man of sin, who will announce Antichrist as the Messiah, and they will try to defeat the holy and sacred faith. And I shall make the young and the old prophecy... The closer we get to the reign of Antichrist, the more will the darkness of Satan spread over the earth, and the more will his satellites increase their efforts to trap the faithful in their net. When the reign of Antichrist draws near, a fabricated theology will appear that will deny the unity of God and will oppose the church. Errors will cause ravages as never before. One day I found myself in the vast plain alone with God. Jesus appeared to me from the top of a small hill, showed to me a beautiful sun on the horizon. He said dolefully, The world is passing away, and the time of my second coming draws near. When the sun is about to set, one knows that the day is nearly over, and that the night will soon fall. Centuries are like days for me. Look at the sun, see how it still has to travel, and estimate the time that it has left to the world. I looked intently, and it seemed to me that the sun would set in two hours. Jesus said to me, Do not forget that these are not millenaries, but only centuries, and they are a few in number. But I understood that Jesus reserved to himself the knowledge of the exact number, and I do not wish to ask him more. It sufficed me to know that the peace of the Church and the restoration of discipline were to last a reasonably long time. God has manifested to me the malice of Lucifer and the twisted and diabolical intentions of his henchmen against the holy Church of Jesus Christ. At the command of their Master, these wicked men have crossed the world like furies to prepare the way and the place for the man of sin whose reign is approaching. Through the corrupted breath of their proud spirit, they have twisted the minds of men. Like persons with a wicked affliction, they have communicated the evil to each other, and their ideas have spread. The storm began in France, and France shall be the first theater of its ravages after having been its cradle. The church and council shall one day strike with anathemas, pull down, and end the evil principles of that wicked system. What a consolation, what a joy for the truly faithful. And so there you have it. I have a hard time even envisioning a time when the church will rain down anathemas against the order that we see in the world today, which is certainly the fruits of that 1789 period in the church, which she had witnessed firsthand. Hope to witness it. I hope to see it. That must be an incredible. That must be an incredible time to be alive. But let me know what you thought of this in the comments, please. These visions were, of course, approved by the. Uh, priest who had these published ordinary in his time so while they're not certainly de fide they are certain they also are interesting to reflect upon in terms of the light of our faith but let me know what you thought about this in the comments please and like and subscribe and hit that bell if you haven't i do cover catholic prophecy once or twice a month so um let me know what you thought about this in the comments and um i always pray for the church i'm anthony stein Ave Maria.